0: Hey guys, so this is part one out of two for this week's show where we go over the offseason moves and NFL draft picks of all 32 NFL teams. Just letting you know here before we begin that we split this show up into two parts because it was running a bit long. We wanted to get a high quality show for both the AFC and the NFC. So this show will go over all 16 teams in the AFC. And again, we'll discuss the off-season moves and NFL draft picks of them and the NFC show should also be in your feed right now. They'll release at the same time we just wanted to record it on a different day because this show again was running a little long and we actually discussed that in the middle of the show which you'll hear about how we were going to split the show up but again it's in two parts both episodes should be in your feed but this is part one of two for the offseason moves team by team recap show so i hope you guys enjoy Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here, as always, with Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be reviewing free agency and the draft for every single team in the NFL. We'll be reviewing each transaction they've made, each major transaction they've made, and the fantasy implications of them for all 32 NFL teams. We're getting into mid-June now, and pretty soon, like next week, we're going to be really, really getting into those Big show, sleepers, busts, positional previews, the ones that are going to prepare you for your draft with rankings and all of that. Our rankings will be wrapped up by the quarterback, or not wrapped up, obviously subject to change, but they will be worked on and released by the quarterback preview episode when we will start going over those rankings. We have sleepers and busts over the next two weeks. But yeah, today we'll just be reviewing the transactions so that we can get them in our heads, review what happened now that the dust has settled, Chris is back. Mm-hmm. We're recording on Friday, um, which is actually just three days after we recorded the previous episode, which is interesting. But Chris, mm-hmm. my summer just started. I'm feeling good. How are you today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Calvin, today was your last day of school, right?
0: Yep, it was. It ended like we had like a very very short day, and so we got home, played some video games, and then just ate, I ate lunch, and then now we're doing the podcast. Pretty fun.
1: Yeah, it's been a good day. So I've been off for a few weeks, but I. But Calvin had his last day today. I know that feeling, so I'm sure you're having a good day, Calvin. But yep. then I think we're heading to the pool too right after this, so we're just having a good day all around.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be great all summer long. Podcast, live show, pool, video games, just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Great. Yep. All right. So yeah, again, we're gonna be doing off season free agency moves recap. No news today. If you want to send us questions for the show at SGF Pod on Twitter, send them there at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF. If you also want to just ask us and uh, you could just but make sure to tag the podcast in the tweet so that we know to answer it on the show or I mean I don't know sometimes we get questions on the podcast that's just people wanting it to answer on Twitter um, which is why we don't have like a ton of questions on the show like I've gotten questions where they it's just tagging me and asking me to answer on Twitter so I mean if you just just clarify whether you want it on the show or not but I mean if you don't say mm-hmm. I'll probably just answer it there mm-hmm yep all right, so yeah, let's just get started. Free agency, off-season moves, and Chris, I have the links posted in the note sheet. One of them like goes by division. It starts with the AFC East. One of them goes in alphabetical order, so you just kind of have to click on the team on the ESPN site to have like ma- it match up with the NFL.com. So we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. So uh, are you ready to go, or do you have it all pulled up? Mm-hmm, Yep. All right, sounds good. So the Bills, they did some things in the offseason. Not that much for fantasy. We obviously know that they signed Mitchell Trubisky to a one-year, $2.5 million contract. Emmanuel Sanders was signed to a one-year contract, which might hurt Gabriel Davis a little bit. I mean, this free agency wasn't that, like, it, it didn't have that much impacting the offense. Although on defense, they re-signed Matt Milano, picked up Levi Wallace, Tyrell Adams, and Ifi Obata. That so that'll help their mm-hmm. defense a little bit. I don't really think I'm going to be drafting their defense in fantasy just because this team became a team last year where they threw the ball first a lot more and just gotten a lot more shootouts. But yeah, not much on uh for the offensive side of the ball, not much for fantasy for the bills, mm-hmm. at least in free agency.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the departure of John Ross or not John Ross, uh, John Brown definitely leaves a, a bit of a hole in targets, but I think that'll be scooped up by Emmanuel Sanders, the big player. I mean, I'm or there are a few players I'm watching, though, kind of moving forward, and they didn't really make too many additions to prevent them from moving forward. And that's Josh Allen. Mitch Trubisky isn't going to hurt him. I'm looking to see him continue to develop. And then running back Zach Moss is another player where they didn't really add another running back. I mean, yes, they still have Isaiah McKenzie and Devin Singletary, but I think that Zach Moss kind of begins to take that step off up, step up and, uh, and become the clear-cut RB1 in that backfield. And then another guy is Gabriel Davis, who I think is really interesting. He showed a lot of potential last year, and I think that if he continues to develop and he showed to have a pretty good rapport with uh, Josh Allen, I think that he could turn into a solid enough fantasy player. So obviously, he's going to be limited by Emmanuel Sanders, but just one of those wide receivers that I'm watching for this team.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can also yeah. That that was. I'm glad you mentioned John Brown. We can also talk about like who departed from this team. And other than that, I mean, not much to talk about there on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. And the draft was more of the same. I mean, it's going to be a little tough for Gabriel Davis because we were really hoping like with Stefan Diggs gone, he could really step into a three wide receiver three role behind Diggs and Cole Beasley. That might be a little bit less likely because they signed Sanders, who's a veteran. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Gabriel Davis could def- ha- definitely has the talent to beat out Sanders. But it's just frustrating that they got him and then picked up Marquez Stevenson out of Houston in round six, who was their only Mm -hmm. skill position player that they drafted. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, definitely. So maybe not this year we see Gabriel Davis take the step forward. Maybe we, I think we'll see probably a lot more flashes of it, but maybe it's in year three when he takes, when he kind of becomes a a full time starter for the Bills. It's just tough because Emmanuel Sanders is definitely limiting his value right now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I feel like in dy- like just talking about the Bills defense, this is, again, it's not really one I'm focusing on right now, but in Dynasty, this can work out because you get Gregory Rousseau at the 30th overall pick is what they got. 6'7", 266 pounds, incredible athlete, and then pairing him with Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest, who was just a nice, solid piece for them. He's not really the type of guy who can be like a, a, a star edge rusher, in my opinion, which is why he went with the 29th pick in the second round. But he can like he can pair well with a one. Like if Rousseau has a breakout, then you have Basham on the other side, and he is the type of player who would fit in well as a two in some sort of uh edge rushing scheme. So maybe it's like a dynasty defensive stash, although many people I don't know if people are really doing that. So don't I guess you don't really need to worry about too much what the Bills did in this offseason.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: All right. Okay. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. This team did a ton in free agency in the draft. This is we got to talk about this because I mean, obviously there were, there are a ton of different signings on both sides of the ball. Uh, the Dolphins just continue to make their defense. They've got a young defense. But they also signed a veteran Jason McCordy, picked up Adam Butler at defensive tackle for a two-year deal, and uh, resigned or they signed uh, Matt Scura and DJ Fluker as well as trading for Isaiah Wilson and signing Adam Panky, all offensive linemen. So that's good for them. But the main mm-hmm. things that happened were at wide receiver and Will Fuller was signed to a one-year deal worth 10.625 million. Then the team drafted Jalen Waddle in the first round at number six overall, revamping this wide receiver core for Tua Tagovailoa. We know this hurts Devonte Parker. This hurts Preston Williams. And I don't think Preston Williams is draftable anymore, especially with Mike Gesicki. Like he's honestly like the fifth target in this offense, or he should be at least sometime soon with once Waddle develops into the role. How are you evaluating this offense, Chris, for next year? Uh,
1: I mean, definitely the signing of Will Fuller is huge for this team. because It just gives by Tagovailoa another weapon. Jacoby Brissett is, is another solid option to play quarterback. We've seen him be a starter, so it's good that they got him as a backup. But I think that uh, I actually didn't like this agency for a lot of the Dolphins players because it kind of feels like everyone is sort of limited right now you've got Devontae Parker limited by or well all the wide receivers Will Fuller um, Devontae Parker and newly drafted Jalen waddle they're all going to be limited by each other so I think that's going to cap each of them on the running side of the ball getting Malcolm Brown he could definitely have a little bit of a role in the running game but I think that it's big for Miles Gaskin that he remained the number one through all of this stuff I was one that was totally or I was expecting the Dolphins to select a running back at some point in the first three rounds of the draft, which they didn't do. They're going to stick with Gaskin. So um, I think he's the biggest winner here, but on the wide receiver side of the ball, I'm not really fully comfortable with any of these guys because we've never seen them play with uh, Tua or well, we saw Devontae Parker play with Tua, but we haven't seen water Waddle, or I guess we have seen Waddle play with Tagovailoa, right?
0: Yeah, I guess we have.
1: (laughs) Alabama. I didn't think about that. We haven't seen them at the NFL level and we haven't seen how the coaches are to deploy them so that always makes them a bit risky and then will fuller like i i mean like i said he's risky not only because of targets but he's also risky because of his injury risk and his uh struggle with suspension and getting in some trouble over the past few years so there's just a lot of risk right now in this offense offense and when i when you have a quarterback like tua who i'm not fully comfortable as the starter for that team yet um I'm a little bit concerned right now. So I'm kind of not really trying to buy any of these Dolphins players massively, except maybe Gaskin.
0: Yeah. I'd probably say that too. I mean, I realized, sorry to correct. Isaiah Wilson was actually cut shortly after that, shortly after that trade. But, um, yeah, I guess we, uh, yeah like you talked about will fuller is going to add like a a one to this offense and i expect that if he stays healthy he will be the wide receiver one although he hasn't been able to prove that when he's been on peds he had he's going to sit out his first game of the season due to the suspension and the team signed malcolm brown and drafted jared dokes but that's not those guys aren't going to challenge miles gaskin we saw what miles gaskin can do and i'm actually a lot higher on gaskin than a lot of people i mean i understood the worries i was like with people i understood that Miles Gaskin might get someone added there. I was I always liked him a little bit more than most people did. Just the same like how I liked James Robinson, although the Jaguars ended up adding Travis Etienne. But I have Miles Gaskin as my RB18 ahead of Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and David Montgomery because we saw what he can do last year. And we know that his floors is maybe like Ahmed and Malcolm Brown and Jared Dokes, who's their seventh round pick could take some carries from him. We know that, but I think that Miles Gaskin has legitimate top 12 upside, which he showed last year. He's a good runner, just solid between the tackles able to make something out of nothing and just get solid gains. And um, I mean, his ADP is really on that RB two RB three fringe right now. So good value as we head into the fantasy as we get closer to the fantasy drafts.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely
0: and then jalen waddle we didn't really like his film especially chris who was the film guy here on waddle um yeah Mm -hmm. watching him chris just thought he didn't like his hands didn't like how he decelerated on deep balls to wait for the ball to kind of fall in and just that sort of mitigated his speed he can be good with manufactured touches which is why your comp was curtis samuel but Mm -hmm. um yeah it was i guess as the wide resident wide receiver guy chris did not really like Jalen Waddle, all that much?
1: Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't trust the hands. Uh, I didn't feel comfortable. I wouldn't feel comfortable having him running a,
0: a go route for
1: me. And even though he is so fast, I just feel like he's going to struggle at times to get the ball in his hands, unless it's manufactured, like you said, Tommy.
0: Yeah, I mean that number six overall pick, him going over Devonte Smith is pretty big. So that's why I'm not writing him off at all. Like, mm-hmm. I mean Devonte Parker, I feel like may still play like a decent majority or a decent, a lot of snaps, like at the beginning of the season, I feel like Waddle will take that over though, eventually. And maybe he'll get some work on his hands in the NFL. Cause that's something that can be definitely worked on. Like it's not a fatal flaw necessarily. If you work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not totally writing him off, but yeah, Chris, you were basically the, as people probably know, you were basically the wide receiver guy here. I did some quarterbacks and running backs. Chris did wide receivers and yeah, we got some guys mm-hmm. that we like, Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore is going to be awesome in New York as yeah. The film of both of those guys was just outstanding. Um. All right. So let's see. Uh. Yeah, I guess. So we covered Will Fuller. We covered Miles Gaskin. Yeah, I think that's about it for the Dolphins. I don't know if I just don't really have a ton of confidence in Tua right now. I'm avoiding Will Fuller because there's just too many variables. The, t- the quarterback play, the injuries, can't really deal with that. And, yeah, I guess we're sort of avoiding Waddle as well because I feel like Devontae Parker is talented enough to compete with Waddle for a good amount of time next year. So not my favorite guy at all. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm pretty much ahead. in agreement with you
0: there, Calvin. All right. Let's move on to the Patriots, In also in the AFC East. They had a really, really big offseason, signed a couple of tight ends, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. We've really talked about this situation a lot, and now that they've added Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, Marvin Hall, who also signed later in the offseason, to this offense that, for now, for the time being, Cam Newton is the starter. Bill Belichick has made that clear, and Newton just doesn't throw the ball enough to support a consistent fantasy op- option We've talked about how we both think Johnu is the better tight end of the group and has more upside than Henry because of his athleticism, superior athleticism, and superior ability after the catch. So if I had to pick pick one, I would take Johnu, but they're not going to be reliable on a week-to-week basis and unless Mac Jones gets in. And even if Mac Jones gets in, they still might not be reliable on a week-to-week basis. So if I targeted one, I'd target Johnu. but these guys can't be relied on as a starter in your fantasy lineups.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was – the Patriots were one of the teams that – I mean, you could say they were the team that made the biggest splash in free agency. They got tons of guys, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne at the wide receiver position, and then Hunter Henry John, and Johnny Smith. So they have totally revamped their wide, their pass-catching core. And then obviously they added Mac Jones to that group uh, in the draft. So, I mean – I just don't know if I feel comfortable with a lot of these players right now just because I feel like the, the Patriots are still, I wouldn't call it a rebuild, but they're still kind of not pushing for a Super Bowl run or maybe not even, they won't even get into the playoffs this year. So right now I'm kind of waiting. I mean, there's a lot of risk that comes with drafting either Johnu, Henry, Aglar, or Bourne because, I mean, there's so many people that can take targets away from them. And then I don't trust Cam Newton throwing to them. So, really, I'm trying to stay away from this offense. Damian Harris is an interesting and intriguing, play, intriguing player. They did re-sign James White, so that hurts him a little bit. But, I mean, I think that as the time goes on, this backfield will start to flush out and we'll start to see – or not this back, the backfield, the uh, receiving core will start to flush out and we'll start to see some guys rise to the top and be fantasy – options but for right now i'm trying to stay away from them really the only player i'm looking at is damian harris
0: yeah I damian harris is going to be interesting looks like sony michelle doesn't have much of a future in e- new england after the the patriots declined his fifth year option i don't mind harris at all i think he can be a solid player for fantasy he doesn't have a ton of upside though which is the problem once mac jones gets in there though mac jones is a solid passer and as for cam newton I think his fantasy value can have some merit. I don't think he's going drafted in very many leagues. So if you believe that his rushing upside can, I mean, which it can, like it can get you a couple weeks of like really good games. If you're willing to risk it, you could go after him, but you don't need to spend much. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's just, I'm not really relying on any of these pass catchers here at all. If I had to pick one, it'd be John but other than that, not happening, not on my team. And they really improved their defense a lot. The Patriots are probably going to be one of the, league's best defenses next year which means you should probably go take them they're gonna be good at forcing turnovers got some guys back from uh 2020 where they had COVID holdouts and uh they got davin godshow lawrence guy uh re-signed henry anderson matthew judon um kyle van noy jalen mills um just Raquan mcmillan just so many guys um i guess kyle van noy is a re-signee as well but yeah that's an incredible offseason for them on the defensive side of the ball
1: Mm mm-hmm Yeah, definitely. Just so many moves made by this Patriots team. It's incredible what they did. So huge off season for them. Um, And while that's a good thing, it also is nervous. Mac Jones is an interesting dynasty pickup. I actually really like him as a dynasty pickup, but for redraft, I just don't feel like he's going to step in. And so, I mean, yes, they have this really awesome foundation of pass catchers to build around a quarterback, but I think for now, Cam Newton is the starter. And Cam Newton has shown that he's not talented enough to be a fantasy relevant quarterback or at least at quarterback one. So I'm staying away from him. And until Mac Jones is the clear cut starter, I think you should stay away from drafting him too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard. To, yeah, that's the one problem with Cam Newton as well, is that he just might be gone after a bad game for Mac Jones, who plays a lot mm-hmm. like Tom Brady. Although I'm not yep. saying Mac Jones is Tom Brady, he just plays similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's move on to the New York Jets, last team in the AFC East. They have done some interesting stuff this offseason, and I really, really like a couple of these players on the Jets. Like I talked about, Tevin Coleman, who is there, makes me not like Michael Carter all that much. I feel like Tevin Coleman, even though he got paid only $1.1 may start over Carter, who's the fourth-round pick for a lot of the season, maybe even all of it. They signed Corey Davis as a wide receiver and signed Carl Lawson on defense. I'm avoiding this defense right now because it's in a major rebuild, but Carl Lawson is a— has a lot of potential. He's very talented and athletic and um, is the type of player who could make the leap into being like the next like elite defensive pass rusher who just makes everyone around him so much better. So if the, if I, honestly, right now, I think I would pick Tevin Coleman if I had to pick a running back over there on the jets. And I would even forgotten that he signed with them. Although Carter is very close. Like actually in my early rankings, I have Tevin Coleman as my RB 40 and Michael Carter as my RB 41. So that was close for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
1: definitely uh, another really interesting backfield. It feels like a lot of these teams in the AFCs uh, have have interesting backfields. But yeah, I mean, I'd actually agree with you that Tevin Coleman is a really interesting player. But I he's definitely not my favorite from this backfield. I'd definitely rather have Michael Carter because um, I mean they only signed Tevin Coleman to a one point one million dollar deal. I mean that is that's true. That is an extremely small deal. for, So I don't think they're looking to deploy him as a starter. I think he's more of a change of pace. I'd much rather have someone like Michael Carter with a ton of upside who could potentially take over that backfield. And, and if he's talented enough, he could become a reliable fantasy option.
0: All right. Yeah, and then we talked about Corey Davis. I was worried about Corey Davis earlier in the offseason because he has had very, very limited success and was frankly kind of a bust as the only target in an offense. But then the Jets had an awesome draft. Zach Wilson out of BYU, my QB1 out of this class, just for his ridiculous arm strength and arm flexibility, which is reminiscent of Mahomes and Rodgers and his accuracy on those deep balls as well. Really makes me think that he could he has the potential to be at that level. He's incredible. Great pick for the Jets at number two. Got him a guard in Elijah Vera Tucker. And then Elijah Moore. Second pick of the second round. And the Jets were shocked that he fell to them for good reason. And I mean, like I said, I was the uh the I watched quarterback film. I watched Zach Wilson. I was blown away. Chris, you were blown away by Elijah Moore. He's had an incredible minicamp so far. And I mean, I think Elijah Moore is easily the wide receiver I'd rather have on the Jets or pretty easily. I'm going to like, I'm going to be ranking him like probably late thirties. Honestly, I haven't even done my wide receiver rankings yet, but I'll do be ranking him way higher than everyone else. So he will be an amazing value next year. He's just so good. So explosive. So great at just catching inside passes out, going deep. He's not the biggest, but great on slants. Great at running after the catch. Just yeah, but I'll leave the film mm-hmm. analysis to you, though.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Calvin. I'm high on this new Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore combo. They could be, I mean, this is a really potent team. I also like Corey Davis just for the same reason. He showed some flashes of being really talented last year, and now he's got a really good quarterback. Um, I'm excited. The Jets offense is one that I'm actually more, I, I'm very interested in acquiring a, a few of their players just because I feel like they're blooming with potential. I love Corey Davis. I love Elijah Moore, and I think that, Zach Wilson, he's going to step in right away and should be the starter. So I think that that's all really good for this team. And I think that as the season goes on, their roles are going to develop. And I think that we're going to start to see that Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore combos kind of start to kick in. And it's going to be one of those where you'd love to have that stack. So I'm definitely interested. Those are two players that I feel like you can get in later rounds of the draft, but they could end up being both. I mean, they are. I feel like Elijah Moore, you'll be getting him around – that wide receiver 40 range probably this year. But by the end of next year, I feel like he could be going top 15. So I'm definitely really
0: yeah. excited about Yeah, I mean, wherever he's ranked, he's probably higher for me. Like, I just mm-hmm. love that combo that much. And Zach Wilson, in Dynasty, great stash. Like, even in Superflex leagues, he's been falling to the middle, like 106, 107, 108, maybe even like, I don't know if I've ever seen him at the 109, but he's been falling in Superflex. If you haven't had your rookie draft for some reason, go up and get him. Maybe go trade for him in your – or your dynasty league and even in redraft he's my quarterback 21 right now great stash you can get it he's free he's free in redraft he's probably not even going drafted in most leagues get him in your last round stash him if you're willing to wait for a little while just wait because he might not be good right away and there's always some risk that he's not good in year one maybe he's like a josh allen type just not struggles in his first year but i mean that's going to be a perfect time to buy him low if that happens and you want to be a year too early in terms of breakout rather than a year too late Mm -hmm. yep all right so yeah i'm really excited for that offense i think Corey davis will have a lot more success now than i originally thought because he's got another potent option there um not not that chris herndon isn't amazing but Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah the chris herndon ship has sailed they signed tyler croft don't worry about their tight ends and so yeah that's pretty much it let's move on to the afc north let's see so you want to start with the ravens chris
1: hmm. Yep.
0: All right. Uh, the Ravens did a lot as well. Gus Edwards, Sammy Watkins to the two main additions on offense and free agency. I guess uh, Edward I'm, Edwards was a resign and he's actually eclipsed 700 rushing yards in all three years of his career so far. Just a really, really safe option. I currently have him as my RB 33, which is about six spots ahead of his current fantasy pros ADP. So good value in my eyes. And then Watkins, he's not good with Lamar Jackson, throwing the ball who doesn't throw a ton, even if he starts throwing more because the Ravens also made wide receiver additions in the draft. I, am not buying in on Sammy Watkins at all. You can avoid him.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that that Sammy Watkins is pretty much not worth too much in my (laughs) opinion going forward, but it's really good for the Ravens that they did get Gus Edwards back. That was a huge sign for them. And I think that he's going to continue to combo nicely with, uh, with jk dobbins and yes it's going to be frustrating for dobbins managers that he's going to take away a few snaps every single or a few touches every single game but i think that edwards definitely has a talent and that makes him still definitely a draftable player i mean yes he's probably not going to be a starter when dobbins is playing but he's one of the best handcuffs in the league so definitely a draftable player and i'm glad they got him locked up because he's he's one of the most underrated players in the league because he, he impacts the game in more ways than you might see on a in a fantasy stat sheet,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. All right. And then in the draft, the uh, – so, yeah, I guess – I mean, I'm liking Edwards, like I said, right off Watkins. And in the draft, they got Rashad Bateman, number 27 overall pick, who I'm sort of fading next year. And then Tylen Wallace in the fourth round. I just think with those guys there, with Mark Andrews, with Willie Sneed – or did Willie Sneed come – no, Willie, did, Willie Sneed went to the Raiders. He did not come back. Mm-hmm. but. Um, there's just, even with Lamar Jackson, even if he decides to throw the ball more, still got to throw to Marquise Brown. And I know Rashad Bateman's probably more built to handle like a bigger target share than Hollywood, but I just am not like people think he has a lot of upside. And if you're drafting this rookie right here, you're probably drafting him as an upside pick. I don't see the upside because he's, uh, there's just not enough throws to get him into the top 20, top 25 range. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the players on this Ravens offense are limited. So Rashad Bateman and Tylan Wallace, I also don't love them that much. I mean, just because I think that Lamar, their, offenses, or their offense is still going to re- revolve around Lamar running the football and and the running game. So yes, I think that Rashad Bateman definitely really has a good chance to to be a wide receiver too by the end of the year. But I've much right ra- I don't feel comfortable with him just because, I mean, he wasn't one of the players I was super high on going into the draft. I still feel like um until he proves that he's super talented, I don't know if the Ravens are going to use him. I think I'd expect them to use more of a combo of like a Marquise Brown, Tyler and Wallace, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman. So right now I'm staying away from Bateman. All
0: right. Yeah. Oh, oh, so you are staying away. I thought you had been a little bit yeah, I guess I, – I remember you were, like, a little bit – you liked him a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, I understand. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're – Well, just
1: because, so- I mean, the Ravens don't have a proven wide receiver one. So, yeah, I mean, yes, Bateman could be that guy. But it, I right now I still don't feel – it's just a huge risk for me just because I didn't love his film or, or going into the draft. Like, I, I still think that he was – I don't mind him going in the first round, but I'm definitely not super high on him. So, since I haven't seen that, I'm not willing to – be I'm not super excited about him just because I don't know if he can be a wide receiver one but I mean the other thing though is in that Ravens offense there's a lot of people that are going to be taking attention away you know so you've got Lamar Mm -hmm. they're gonna have to have a spy then you've got Dobbins Edwards you've got their Marquise Brown so I think that that should allow Bateman to get his single coverage and be able to go to work a little bit and do what he does best so if he can develop nicely that's why I think he could be a good player but I'm he's still really risky for me so that's why I'm trying to stay away from him a little bit just because I don't want to incur all that risk
0: yeah Mark Andrews is the only pass catcher I'm really trusting here I just mm-hmm. oh yeah
1: Mark Andrews. and then obviously you have Mark Andrews He's yes I agree with you Calvin he's the only one I really trust because we know what his role is in that offense and mm-hmm. he's gonna continue to get some solid fantasy
0: points yeah all right so uh that was the Ravens let's move on What's the next team on here? The Cincinnati Bengals didn't do much in free agency for their um, offense. In the draft, though, picked Jamar Chase at the number five overall selection. Not much else, so we can just stick with Chase in this wide receiver core. This is amazing for Joe Burrow, who now has legit top eight upside, and he's probably going to be ranked near there for me. He's currently my, uh, as I got to go look, he's currently my quarterback nine. So I do think he definitely has that upside. A lot of people are really in on him though as well right around now. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But um, yeah, I like Joe Burrow a lot more. And I think honestly, I feel like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd, all three of the wide receivers there, can still be productive. We saw we I, we know Tyler Boyd is going to get some targets. He's open. He's the slot guy. He. I mean, I know the slot targets are safe thing isn't always true, but he is like a guy who will just be there for Burrow be a nice little security blanket. And then T Higgins and Jamar Chase are two more of the outside field stretchers who can sort of dominators, uh, especially Jamar Chase who plays a lot who plays a lot like that. And so but I mean now that AJ Green's gone, that's leaving 104 targets on the table. Joe Burrow threw basically like I think he might have thrown more than any quarterback in football last year before he got hurt. There's space for all of these guys to produce, so I really love T. Higgins as a value next year. like Tyler Boyd as well, although he just doesn't have – he's going late, like wide receiver back in wide receiver three, and I like that value a lot. He just doesn't have the upside he had before. And then Chase might be the guy who I like the least out of these guys, but I still think he can be a value in next year's drafts, although the excitement about him and the new rookie fever and that he got drafted with the fifth overall pick will probably boost him to be less of a value than the other two. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. I don't agree with you there. Um okay, so that's it for the Bengals. If you have any other thoughts, uh you can share them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise we can move on.
1: Yeah, uh Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with your take. Uh but for Joe Burrow, I mean how risky is he with his injury history Not. and the fact that the Bengals didn't address the offensive line.
0: They did. I mean they picked Jackson it- Carmen in the second round. And they've signed Riley Reef. Yeah, but
1: or but the fact that they, I still don't feel comfortable though, and they with get Jonathan
0: And I don't think,
1: I mean, I still feel like there's a lot of injury risk right now for Joe Burrow. So is that like knocking him down in your rankings, Calvin? Nope. I think it's knocking him down like two
0: spots. And he was still able to produce even though he was being sacked. They've gotten two offensive linemen and get one back from an injury. I, I think this they'll he'll be fine. I, I don't, I mean, okay, obviously yeah, I,
1: I'm going to knock him down just a little bit just because it's tough to recover from a big injury like that. But uh
0: yeah, I think he has not, the ability
1: to do it. And I mean, I kind of forgot about uh, Jackson Carmen a little bit. I guess that should help. But I was actually really disappointed that the Bengals drafted Joe Marchese over Penny school. I think it would have been best for their future to go school. But uh I mean, yeah, it would have
0: helped Joe Mixon's efficiency as well. But and Mm -hmm. then I would have loved it. Yeah, I think it
1: would have been best there for their offense. So that Tyler Boyd would
0: have had borderline top twelve upside if it wasn't for that, and he was going at like wide receiver thirty. So -hmm. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I mean, think about it,
1: Calvin. All the players you liked it would have helped if they drafted Penny Sewell. Would have helped Joe Mixon. It would have helped Joe Burrow. It would have helped uh, Tyler Boyd. You know, you would have been really happy. But uh, Mm -hmm. they went Jamar Chase. I love those two together. I think they'll develop into a nice duo. But there are a lot of concerns right now with injuries. So that kind of. First, right now and that's kind of scaring me a little bit away from a lot of the from drafting joe burrow
0: yeah i mean it makes sense i'm just i'm not worried about the injuries uh, it's not a concern since he's not really a running quarterback i think he'll be fine he's looked better than ever apparently when he's been throwing so we're good cleveland mm-hmm. browns they re-signed Rayshard higgins not much in free agency for them and we got to go a little bit quicker if we're not <laughs> like if there's not much in free agency we're not going to talk about them because we got to go through all 32 teams and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah Rayshard Higgins is solid but not gonna have a huge role with Beckham and Landry and then didn't actually do much in the draft the only guy here Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn was their late third round pick so if you want to just briefly talk about their wide receiving core then we could just move on I yeah I, I mean we I just think this is still
1: Odo Beckham and Jarvis Landry's core I'm not worried about Schwartz or anything I think the yeah. biggest things that the Brown did were on defense so really not mm. too much changing on offense still love their running game and I think that um, OBJ and Jarvis Landry, I think they can rebound nicely and they didn't add like some first round weapon or something. I don't think Anthony Schwartz is gonna be able to take away from them too much. So yeah. I'm still comfortable with them. And so yeah, I mean not much turnover. I just expect Baker Maple to continue to develop and I think that this offense as a whole gets better.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the the one thing, though, this defense did add a lot of playmakers, and they've always been borderline draftable. But now, I mean, Greg Newsom at corner to shut some receivers down. Then they also got Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. And sometimes the best defenses aren't the ones who are actually the best in fantasy. It's just the ones who make plays. And Owusu-Koromoa, he may look a bit undersized for a linebacker, but he's just incredible at delivering bone crushing hits. He might force a couple fumbles just on his own, add a couple extra and just add a few extra points solely on his own to this defense. Just another guy that can make plays and force turnovers, which are so big for your defensive output.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. Pittsburgh Steelers didn't do much on offense other than re-signing Juju, and they're going to try to move Juju to the outside for some of his snaps, which is great because Juju was so bad on the outside through the first three years of his career, or first three or two, three years of his career, or I guess, no, he only played outside first two, I think. Yeah, sorry. First two years of his career was when he played outside, I believe. And that's going to hurt Chase. Claypool is not going to be on the field as much. People forget that Claypool sort of regressed a lot near the end of the last year after his breakout. I'm avoiding him because of this because he might just not get consistent snaps, which is unfortunate. Although Juju is not good on the outside. He needs to move back to the slot. He can't be an alpha dominator on the outside. He just can't. I've talked about this, and he didn't perform in fantasy. And now, yeah, avoid Juju in fantasy at all costs. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh my yeah gosh. definitely. I'm I'm with you there, Calvin. Avoid Juju, and um, I think the really the only actually this might surprise some people, but the only wide receiver I'm excited about from this group is Beyonce Johnson, just because he gets a ton of targets. But right now, I don't. I'm not sure where Claypool fits into the puzzle. And I, like you said, Calvin, you and I are both off Juju just because we don't think he's that talented. So, yeah. I mean, in the running name game though, they drafted Najee Harris. Ooh, I love him. I think he's gonna get a ton of touches.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah he's gonna be I I don't know if he's gonna be very efficient but yeah the touches are gonna be great they also drafted Pat Fryer Muth uh Mm -hmm. who's just gonna hurt Eric Ebron's potential especially near the end of the season when he gets used to the offense a little more I don't love Fryer Muth I don't know if he's even gonna be good in the NFL just because he's not like that, that much of an athlete compared to like some other tight ends that are like stars but um I mean he obviously he has athletic he has to be in the NFL but not as much compared to some other tight ends, but yeah, Najee Harris could get 300 touches as a rookie, and yeah, and I was efficient some with them stats is... the
1: other day about like first round RBs that had gotten over 250 touches, and every single one of them I think was in the top nine in their first year.
0: Every single one of them?
1: Yeah, over like the last 10 years, every single first round RB, and it was like 10 of them, and all 10 had finished
0: inside the top nine,
1: and some of them were like number one
0: wow, I mean, maybe I'll need to move up Najee in my rankings. Yeah, and so
1: that made me really think, like...
0: Oh, wait, I have Najee as my RB13, actually, so that's pretty high already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm
1: definitely going to consider moving Najee up. And just, I mean, you always want to pay attention to historical trends, and I don't see why Najee should be an outlier. He's shown a ton of potential, and so I think that he can be really good next year, and he's going to be that player that uh, can kind of win you a fantasy league because he's going to jump into that uh, big role. Yeah, I currently have Najee as my RB9.
0: Yeah, it looks like guys ahead on fantasy pros. Oh wow, that's high. So you're gonna love him because he's the RB fifteen on fantasy pros. Guys yeah. ahead of him, J.K. Dobbins, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, uh, yeah. Jimmy Harris over all of those. And then guys behind him, who I have ahead, is just you know who it is, DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh man. DeAndre Swift so, DeAndre Swift is behind Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and Clyde Edwards Hillary all, most of them by decent amounts. He's the RB21 mm. on Fantasy Pros. What a value for the yeah. RB12. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have him as my RB10. woo DeAndre Swift season. I'm not worried about Javon, uh, Jamal Williams because you know what DeAndre Swift is? Jamal Williams, but better at everything. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be on the field. They're going to go with the hot hand approach. They said it. Anthony Lynn, or I think Anthony Lynn said it. It might have been Dan Campbell. But yeah, oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, De- I mean, DeAndre Swift is ahead of Najee for me. That's how much I love him. I'm, I mm-hmm. mean, that that's close. I'm just – I'm stressing out about that. But I feel like Najee won't be, like, the most efficient guy ever, even though he's good at breaking tackles. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, let's move to the AFC South, where we first have the Houston Texans, who I think the biggest offseason <laughs> headline has been their struggle with Deshaun Watson, where we're not even sure if he's going to be playing next year. But I mean, other than the Deshaun Watson drama, it's been a pretty quiet off season for the Texans. They didn't have many draft picks and they didn't really make too many big splashes in free agency. They lost Will Fuller. This team is all trending in the wrong direction. The only player that is really super fantasy relevant in my mind is Deshaun Watson just because his legs are going to carry him. You can make a case that Brandon Cooks, who has been noted a lot as one of the most underrated fantasy players, he could be a, a good guy. But I mean, other than that, it kind of feels like there are those two weapons Watson and uh, Cooks, but other than that, I'm a little bit concerned about what mm-hmm. the rest of this team can do for fantasy. I mean, you have Philip Lindsay coming in as an offseason move, so he's going to be Mark limiting Ingram, that Rex running back Burkhead core and David to join Johnson. David Johnson. So <laughs> everything is moving in the wrong direction for fantasy and for NFL purposes for the Houston Texans.
0: Yeah, that backfield with Burkhead lindsey ingram and david johnson is disgusting i'm avoiding it with we Mm -hmm. don't know what's going on with deshaun watson and the allegations we might see a settlement so i may actually bump him up from this spot but right now he's my qb 17 i just want someone there's 16 quarterbacks that i really just trust over him right now even like a guy like ryan fitzpatrick i feel like fitzpatrick's gonna be underrated we people like to forget how what he does for fantasy and i'll i'll show you i mean quarterback rankings consensus for fantasy pros they say it's an open competition in Washington. I don't buy it. They signed Fitzpatrick, and I think he's going to start the whole season. Um, QB twenty was Fitzpatrick, and uh, I have as my, my QB sixteen right now. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, so hard to rank because I don't. This is not what I'm like supposed to. <laughs> we're not like this is not what we signed up to do. Basically, we're not trying to like read legal situations. We're trying to rank fantasy players based on talent and opportunity. So. I don't know where to rank mm-hmm. him, but right now it's my QB 17.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm kind of in, in agreement with you there, Calvin. It's just tough. I mean, yeah. I'd probably have I him around they're... a similar spot. I haven't finished my quarterback rankings, but I think I'd have him around that similar spot.
0: Okay. And then Nico Collins, their third-round wide receiver, is a solid dynasty stash, but not much else. I mean, he's... I think he's a big, he's a definitely a bigger guy, good red zone threat, 6'4, 215, but probably mm-hmm. just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I actually like oh. Nico
1: Collins a little bit to maybe develop in the future. But right now, it's, I mean, this is just a, a black hole if you want to try and develop players right now because this organization is falling apart. So that's not good for this team. And that makes, I mean, Nico Collins should be an incredible buy in Dynasty. But right now, he's, I mean, in some rookie drafts, he's not even being drafted in three rounds. So. You know, it's just disappointing. This team is really as Calvin likes to say going down the tubes. And so that's why I'm staying away from their a lot of their players in fantasy.
0: Yeah. I haven't actually seen I mean, that's down crazy. the tubes. In their a while. top
1: player right now is going as I mean their top quarterback is going around like like past it's going as a QB two. Their top wide receiver is maybe a wide receiver three. And then their top RB is at highest an R E two. So, you know, it's just mm-hmm. this team
0: is struggling right now. Ooh, Kyler Murray wants to run less in 2021. I was looking at the fantasy pros rankings. We just got that news um, from brand or I guess it's uh, Arizona Cardinals.com or AZ Cardinals.com. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might, that might actually adjust my ranking of him as quarterback one. So um, it's kind of, yeah, that that's, that's going to be, it's going to limit his potential as rushing upside, but yeah, I guess talking about the Texans. I mean, I also wanted to get back to Nico Collins who was, like, it's clear that we know he's a raw player because he's, he has the six foot four, 215. He has size in a class that lacks it, but he fell to the late third round. And that's because he's not a great route runner and he doesn't have great hands. He just doesn't have like the fundamentals of a wide receiver, although his height could just like really carry him as well. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yep, this- I'm in agreement. Kyler versus Mahomes versus Allen is killing me right now. Yeah, I know. I'll just leave it the way it is for now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it. They're definitely a top three, though. I'd say. I mean, I don't yeah. think oh, yeah. for anyone else to join them.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, next team. Uh, oh man, the Texans made a ton of like mediocre signings on defense. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts got Carson Wentz. T. Y. Hilton's back. I'm not really. I don't know. It's, it's it's hard for me to like like any of the pass catchers here. T. Y. Is probably still the one. But they didn't really do much in the draft either. So I'd say Michael
1: kind of, Pittman, actually.
0: I I don't know. I, he didn't show – he showed nothing last year that makes me think he's any good at all. I, I'm just pretty much ignoring the Colts. I don't love Wentz because he was just so – I mean, I know he reunites with Frank Reich, but he's just too untrustworthy for me right now, not even in my quarterback rankings. And, yeah, T.Y. was just not playable when he didn't have a good matchup. So mm-hmm. I, I
1: really like Michael Pittman, and I actually like Carson Wentz a little bit. And then obviously JT, I think everyone has him as a top 12 RB going mm. forward. But yeah, I'm really excited about what Pittman and Wentz could do. I think that's going to be one of the more surprising combos. That's one of those are two players that I'm actually looking to get in drafts. And I'd, I'm buying them in in a redraft and dynasty.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't other than that, I don't really like the Colts. I just I don't like Pittman as much as you do anymore. I liked him last year. Just didn't show anything. The Jacksonville Jaguars. They picked up Marvin Jones. That was their major free agency signing. And then obviously drafted Trevor Lawrence, which was expected at the number one overall pick. Lawrence has some rushing upside. Then they drafted Travis Etienne, Um, a running back who's likely to split carries with James Robinson and Carlos Hyde. This is a lot to unpack here. I think Marvin Jones and DJ Chark are the two main wide receivers here. I know people like Lavisca Chenault, but I, and I have to whisper. But I'm just not as much on Lavisca Chenault as everyone else. I'm sorry. It feels like a Denzel Mims situation. I feel like
1: Lavisca Chenault. Captain. I just made a trade offer to someone in our league. You want to hear he,
0: what it is? I mean, he's a three. He's a three at best, though. Like I, that's what I feel like. I'm I mean, like I, I don't know. Do, do you, you do you think Lavisca can be higher than a three target number three in that offense? I just I feel like it's looking too hard.
1: I just got this trade-off for rejected, Calvin. Austin Eckler and LaVisca Chenault for DJ Chark and Miles Sanders.
0: Austin Eckler and LaVisca Chennault for DJ Chark. Hmm. Huh. Okay. That's it. that's actually a really fair trade, I feel like. That that one's hard to judge. Is For Dynasty, what are we talking? I mean, Eckler's better mm. than Sanders. Chark is better. I feel like the Eckler side, oh, I, I just said I didn't like Chennault. That's so close for me. Ah, I don't know. Okay, well, I think whoever the Lavisca owner was probably liked him more than you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Yeah, but uh, I in our league, you know,
1: Eckler was drafted after Sanders. Can you uh, believe
0: that? Oh, wow! That's really, in, that's really, really interesting. Actually, yeah. Uh, guess I you mean, I do not even like Echler, Sanders sure. before Austin I Eckler. I actually. I actually decided I liked Eckler a little bit more. His price is pretty bad for me right now. But right now, where did I rank him? I ranked him lower than the consensus, but I had him as... Oh, he's my RB14. Wait, Kevin,
1: why you draft Sanders over Eckler?
0: I don't know. I feel like that was probably not a good decision. He's actually ranked as the RB13 in redraft. I actually am, like, not... I like Austin Eckler a little bit more now. I feel like I was really over... Thinking about his injury risk, he really could get a lot of targets in that offense. I just, there's some breakouts I like a little bit better because I'm not, I'm still a little shaky on him. Mm-hmm. He's had a lot of Oh, yeah, right
1: Calvin, that, this is what I want to do in our, I'm thinking about Scott Well, This is a little bit off topic, but <laughs> I'm thinking, imagine this team, Calvin. I get the Lamar at the 108. Then I grab, you get the 108, which you requested. Yeah. Then I get D. Henny at the 204. Or
0: 205.
1: Oh, yeah. No, 204. Oh, yeah, 205. And then at the 304,
0: I get Austin Eckler. Um, Oh, my gosh. That's actually incredible. All right. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, so I guess we got off topic from the Jaguars. I think DJ and Marvin Jones can both be solid guys. Neither of them have a ton of upside, but they could sneak into wide receiver two territory. One of them could. Lawrence will be i mean robinson and etn is just very frustrating i think etn will get better as the season goes along and robinson will go worse get worse but i feel like robinson still retains the backfield for most of it which is why he's my rb 26 and etn is 30 for me
1: mm-hmm. right. yeah definitely uh it was so frustrating to see them or well for james robinson owners calvin i was off of james robinson i didn't really like him i thought they were going to add another running back and they ended up doing it no.
0: I didn't think so. He was like an RB1 for me. Please don't rub it in.
1: <laughs> I know. I did. And that's why I avoided him. In Just look at this current second goal fantasy So website. well. Look at... Anyways, back to it. I mean, I knew they were going to add someone, and they did. And now it's going to limit his value. But okay.
0: yeah, let's I think talk about...
1: too quick to jump off the train. He showed a lot of talent. So hold on to him because yeah, the biggest he's, thing he's in the NFL mind. is talent shows through. So even if it seems gone for him right now, if he shows that he's talented enough, He's going to keep that role, and maybe ETN will sort of transition to more of a wide yeah. receiver. Yeah, so, I mean, that RB26
0: that twenty-six ranking for Robinson feels like a little conservative now. I mean, you just think about his talent, but Fantasy Pros has him as his RB. there RB30. You'll get him at RB26. Um, but, yeah, I guess – oh, man, that's going to be – that's so tough. Just look at the website right now, sites.google.com slash view slash 2nd goal fantasy. The rankings from February are still up, and I had James Robinson as my running back nine, so – i'd rather not talk about it Mm -hmm. oh man those are the days rallying for robinson but actually chris you know what we can do so yeah this is taking really long i realized so how about we split this up we can record the second part the nfc tomorrow and then just do two episodes and release them at the same time sound good okay sure because, I mean, I feel like next week we kind of we don't really want to push this episode back like a week, but I think we're both pretty free tomorrow. We're doing this live. We probably shouldn't be organizing live on the show, but I just uh, we, we re- both realized that it was getting pretty long. So we want to get you guys two episodes on separate days where we're more fresh to do like all of it so that we're not just rushing. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Sounds and, good. Uh, of so, course yeah. That is always
1: subject to change. So don't take that as things. We really shouldn't be doing this on the show. But yes, that is probably yeah. will most likely happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess we have... Yeah, yeah, that's probably why we shouldn't have done it on the show. But yeah, we'll finish yeah. up AFC. In all likelihood, we'll finish up AFC. And you'll know because we're going to release... We're If it's going to... We're recording tomorrow. We're going to release the episodes at the same time. You'll see them both in your feed. And then you'll be hearing us and being like, oh, there's a part two right here. So just please stop talking. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So let's
0: yeah. move on. We got the Tennessee Titans and then we got the AFC West. And then we'll do part two on Saturday tomorrow because we're recording this on Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: Tennessee Titans... Big addition, Julio Jones traded for from the Atlanta Falcons. We've already sort of talked about this room. I think we agreed that A.J. Brown's wide receiver one upside is gone, like the wide receiver one, although he's still like a mid-tier wide receiver one for fantasy. Julio, borderline top 15, solid wide receiver two. Derrick Henry, still a stud. Elite RB1, and Ryan Tannehill has top eight upside. And it's probably no longer underrated. Which is yeah, un- I,
1: I just love comparing an <laughs> offense like this to one that we talked about, like the Texans, like, here you've got Tannehill who's QB8 versus like what QB16 for Deshaun Watson right mm-hmm. and then you've got two top 15 wide receivers versus the Texans who don't have one top 30 and then you have like you know it's just crazy the huge difference a running back that is top five versus a running back that's not even top 24 you know it's crazy how how good this offense is and how bad the Texans are but yeah I'm really excited about this team. Julio Jones is an exciting pickup for them and I think that in the few years that he's here, as long as he stays away from injury, he's going to be able to put together his top 15 fantasy seasons. But right now I'm actually staying away from him. I'm a little bit concerned about injuries. I think I'll still have him as a top 24 guy, but I'm not as high on other people just because I am a little bit worried about that age factor and the injuries.
0: Yeah, the hamstring is always worrisome for those old guys. That's for sure. Um, yeah, in the draft, they drafted Dylan Reduns or Raidens, I don't know how to say it, out of North Dakota State. In the second round, that's about it. Good protection for Ryan Tannehill, but we can move on to the AFC West and the Denver Broncos who picked up Teddy Bridgewater. This is good because now if Drew Locke is so terrible that he just can't get the ball to Cortland Sutton, we'll get Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, as I pull up the draft, they drafted Patrick Sertan in the first round over guys such as Justin Fields, which was an interesting decision for a team that clearly needs a quarterback. And then they drafted Javante Williams, traded up for him early in the second round. Chris and I agree we think Javante Williams is going to take over for Melvin Gordon sooner than you think, which is what happened with most rookie running backs last year. I mean, there's precedent for this. Um, Basically every rookie running back breakout didn't start out well at the start of the season, except CEH, and then just started taking over later and Javante, they traded up for him. He's a stud. I watched his film. I like him more than ETN as just a pure prospect in terms of his tackle breaking ability and just his, like he, he can be a really efficient running back in the NFL Gordon's gone after this year, so Williams is an incredible dynasty ass- asset as well. Just a value on both fronts. He's fantasy pros as RB33 right now. I have him as my RB25. So I really, really like him next year because I really think if he takes over, he's got huge upside. You just got to wait mm-hmm. on him a little bit because you got to wait till the end of the year. And I might actually, you know what? I'll move J. Robb ahead of him and maybe Damian Harris as well. But, um, yeah, I think, actually, I'll move those both ahead of him. I think Javante will probably be my RB27. Yeah, but, I mean, but that's still that's Dynasty, still
1: high. I am loving Javante right now because I think, like you said, Calvin, we're going to start to see uh, end of year takeover and, and going into year two. I'm really excited about him. Uh, Calvin is uh, inquires about Javante Williams a lot in our fantasy
0: league. Look at my but, Twitter uh, header. That's all you need to know. I am
1: holding on to Calvin underscore. I think that the talent is going to come through, and he's not in a bad situation. It's not fantastic but he's definitely not in a bad situation i'm really excited for what he can do
0: yeah look and at my twitter oh header my and you'll understand the love my love for the jets and the broncos <laughs> mm-hmm. yep all right um next up let's move to the kansas city chiefs The I this team is like exactly they drafted cornell powell in the fifth round they didn't do much though this is just going to be the same squad we had last year where tyree kill and travis kelsey are both elite so is mahomes then yeah I mean looks like I mean they did a lot in the offseason on the offensive line Got Orlando Brown and Joe Thune which is actually really really huge bigger than I made it sound like at the beginning when I said they didn't do anything so big for Mahomes they sort of tore down their offensive line by cutting a couple guys and then rebuilt it but I think it came out better overall so good that Mahomes won't be running for his life as much anymore
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely and that's I'm in agreement with you there Other than that, there weren't that actually many big moves, and this is a team that you're going to see, I think, a lot of similar values, actually, from what we saw last year. Mahomes is still a top guy. Hill is still a top guy. Kelsey is still a top guy. And I think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be going a little bit later than he was last year, but I still think that he's a a really good value. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited about all these – I mean, this team in general. And, yeah, Kevin, I'm in agreement with you that, yes, there are a lot of moving parts to this offensive line, but I think it came out better, so – That's exciting and yeah.
0: All right. So uh, let's move on to the Raiders. This is really frustrating. They tore down their offensive line but Mm -hmm. didn't build it up. And signed Kenyon Drake to compete with Josh Jacobs. Got John Brown, who's actually the wide receiver one there. I actually really like John Brown. Great sleeper next year, because he's the like he can be the one and he's very talented. People forget, even though he was hurt. But Chris, as the Josh Jacobs owner in Dynasty, you were not happy about the Kenyon Drake signing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely was not. Um, I still ended up selling Josh Jacobs, but it was just stupid. I was really frustrated when they tore down the offensive line, so I expected them to do something. They did select Alex Leatherwood, so that helps a little bit, but I still think that was a reach, too. I mean, you know, they just didn't build it back up. They got rid of their center and their best offensive guard. It just didn't make any sense, and then they just signed Kenyon Drake. I didn't like the direction that this team was moving with Josh Jacobs, and I didn't feel like they were comfortable with him as their RB1 and they weren't willing to build around him. So that's why I went ahead and sold him.
0: All right. Yep. And uh, in the draft, I mean, we like you said, they kind of reached on Alex Leatherwood, got Trevon Moe in the second round at safety, which is a good pick. Safeties tend to fall in the draft, which is just interesting. We saw that with Xavier McKinney last year too, but um, yeah, not much on the offensive side. So that's it, except we go to the Chargers. Um, the Chargers signed Jared Cook to replace Hunter Henry. He'll actually be pretty interesting. They got Josh Palmer in the draft. Although, even though he was a third-round pick, he wasn't very hyped up at all. So I feel like he's more of a uh, developmental guy. So I actually really think Jared oh. Cook could be a value. You'll be able to get him for free pretty much in fantasy. Maybe he might even go undrafted. So getting him in the late rounds is great as a backup tight end with some upside. Then they got Rayshon Slater, who will protect Herbert, protect Eckler very, very well. And other than that, yeah, they also I knew they had helped with the offensive line more. Signed, Matt Filer. Uh signed Corey Lindsley, who is one of the best centers in the league. Five years, 62.5 million dollar deal. He is gone from the um he's from the Packers and former all pro whoa, former all pro center. <laughs> Sorry, I will edit that out, but that was something that started in a video that you're not hearing because mm-hmm. I edited it out, but some some Sorry. video started playing when I clicked on Corey Lindsley. But yeah, I mean they've improved their offensive line a lot for Herbert and Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely.
1: And that's what I'm really excited about. I love that they improved it because I was worried about Eckler running behind it. So that's one of the biggest reasons that I'm on to him now. And yes, I'm super happy for Justin Herbert that we're not going to hopefully, hopefully we won't see a, a Joe, uh, a uh, Joe Burrow type story where he ends up getting injured. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. for him. And yeah, I'm loving that direction. This team is moving. Keaton Allen and Mike Williams love them too. So uh, lots of good things in this Chargers offense.
0: All right. That's it for the end of the episode. I will put an I will probably have put an episode note at the beginning. Like I'll record something telling you guys about the two parts, just to clarify, and I'll record something for the second one as well. So we'll be recording that tomorrow, and you'll probably get both of them. You'll you'll get both of them at the same time, unless something changes. Follow us on Twitter at sgf pod um, for updates about that. At Calvin underscore sgf at Chris underscore sgf. And yeah, I'm glad we split it up because I feel like. That was like, that was, I'm happy with the analysis there. I felt like we had a, did a good show, but it's like already getting close to an hour. So we kind of just want to reset and then do the NFC later and then do 16 solid t- runs of analysis through them. But yeah, I think we got some good info across. Mm-hmm. Let yep. us know if we did tag us on Twitter Um mm-hmm. send us questions, email second and goal at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to second and goal sports talk on YouTube we talked some U.S. Open and some NBA on last week's show, so go check that out. The U.S. Open starting next week, um, so yeah, go check that out as well. So I guess mm. it's coming out on Monday. So I guess this week is when the U.S. Open is starting. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. this could be weird having two podcasts released at the same time. Uh, something we've never done before, but I like it. You get double, basically double podcast this week because. Uh, I guess, poor planning in terms of scheduling this all on one week. But it, it's not poor planning because it's we're in summer. We got time. Thank you for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm. Chris, any final thoughts before we go? I don't think so. All right. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.